Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, filling in for Susan Littlefield here today. Today we're joined by Kyle Bumstead from Allendale. Kyle, thanks for taking the time and and visiting with us here today. Uh, First of all, let's take a quick check on the market screen here. Settlements look like they are in. We've got corn uh, five to seven higher at the the settlements for the session. And uh, soybeans look like they ended five to ten higher. But once again, being led by the small grain. Wheat uh, significantly higher, uh, looking like a 21 to 27 higher in Kansas City wheat. First of all, just some thoughts on the market general markets in general. Coming back from the weekend after the WASD on Friday, uh, how did things look just in general to start our trading week? Friday's close was uh, kind of ugly in both corn and soybeans. It, it did not look good. And uh, coming in here on Monday, we started out Sunday night. A lot of people are worried about Sunday night trade. Um, I always say be my guest, call the Friday afternoon close. That's what matters on the the longer-term charts. It doesn't matter where the Sunday night open is. It matters where we close on Friday afternoon. But uh, we did some of the things we should have done. We followed through with selling to the downside, and uh, that's what I kind of wanted to see here. It happened. We took December corn down almost that $5 psychological level. We stopped at 503 and a quarter, ended the day at 515 on new crop December corn. July corn, kind of the same situation, got down close to 580. That round number down there closed at 592.5. We did see some uh, nice short, look like some nice short covering in there, had some decent volume behind the push on the overnight session. Once we had uh, kind of weaned out the sellers on the overnight session, we started coming back, and there was some decent volume traded overnight. And what's interesting on this corn chart, looking at the December, uh, I'm looking at the new crop December issue as uh, that's where the question lies, where do I sell, what do I do here? We're at 515 on December futures, and we're sitting at a very interesting spot here in the middle of May. Now, we've done what we probably should have done. What I, what I, what, it, what needed to happen was we needed to sell this thing off uh, to continue that downtrend going here through the middle of May. Now, if we did put a low in here today at this 503 and a quarter with the uh, net short that these uh, non-commercials are carrying here, we could see some short covering here as far as the old crop, getting out of some of that old crop short there. And we could start to see some issues arise here in this December contract. Although the weather is great, we're getting some moisture. There's nothing going to hurt this crop. The USDA says we're going to plant, I don't know how many, 92 and some million acres and 181 and a half yield. That's what they say. Um, I think that was the biggest number they're going to give us here for a while. We could see some weather issues that spark this thing. And uh, we are on course here potentially to put in a reversal, not only on the daily, but also the weekly and the longer term monthly charts depending on how we close out on May here. Now, in order to do that, I'd like to see us close ultimately here uh, above five, uh, 527, 528 area here uh, at the end of this week. That would put in a good reversal on the weekly chart. And if we can close the month above uh, 537 and a half, I'd like to see that. That would put in a nice reversal on the monthly longer-term chart, which could put us into a uh, three-month uptrend here uh, kind of to uh, retrace some of this recent move down that we've seen, Chad. Okay. What about over on soybeans? Again, it looked like there was a fair amount mm-hmm. of volatility, you know, 20-some cents today. Not huge, sure. but we did finish closer to the high than we did the low on the day. What's significant about beans? Finishing near the high is always better than finishing near the low. What's interesting on beans is there's been a lot of bearishness built in here on this soybean complex, but I did notice one thing week over week fundamentally. The basis didn't change much. The national cash basis index didn't change much. So um, it was about steady with uh, the previous Friday's close. So that tells me that there's something out there. Um, someone's keeping some demand underneath this market. There's some commercial demand out there underneath this market, and I think that's coming in on the crush side. Obviously, this morning we saw this big flash sale to Poland, but... 
uh, 100,000 tons, not very big, but we did see that business being done last week. Last Thursday and Friday, we saw the meal market kind of take off here in those forward spreads there in the meal. They kind of took off with it, and that told me that there was some, uh, either some short covering or some commercial business being done. In this case, it was commercial business being done. So what's uh, significant about both old crop corn and old crop soybeans is the fact that we've got the May issue off the board. And in the case of uh, corn, May corn went off about 50 cents higher than uh, July corn came on. So I think we could retrace some of that. Same thing with uh, soybeans. We did see a nice inversion there, and I think July soybeans could retrace some of that as well because we didn't have the soybeans or the corn as we finished up here you know, with May deliveries. We probably aren't going to have uh, any corn or beans here stateside once we get here uh, to this July issue in the delivery. So I think our key there is watching the old crop, new, new crop spreads, and even the new crop spreads out there and the deferred issues, get that in a second. But the old crop July uh, corn versus Deese corn, uh, we could see that sell off here just a little bit and then reload because we didn't find any more corn all of a sudden. And then also that July, uh, that no July, or excuse me, that July no soybean spread, that's at a dollar sixty nine and a half premium here going home. So I think we could still see some uh, some squeeze here in this old crop, Chad. Kind of a, a big move day for uh, for the for the wheat futures today. Kansas City up twenty four to twenty seven cents by the looks of it here. Um, again, are we kind of taking this uh, production? Uh, you know what what do we actually have in the in the Great Plains and trying to pencil that in here? What's going on with wheat? That's a very good question, and I think that uh, it's finally starting to, uh, you know, people are starting, finally starting to wake up and say, wow, we really don't have a wheat crop. Um, I, I do think there's also still that underlying issue with Russia and Ukraine, this grain deal here that's supposed to be uh, figured out by the 18th, which who knows what's going to happen with that. It's pretty much a, you know, back burner deal right now. I mean, yeah, you see headlines about it all the time. Might move the market 15, 20 cents either way, but we, we've been dealing with that for a couple of years. But looking at this uh, wheat complex, Kansas City uh, obviously is the one here that has the fundamental picture because that July step spread is traded at 12 and three quarter cents inverse here. Got as high as 18 and a quarter cent. And that tells me that there is no crop and there's a lot of commercials trying to get some coverage on there. So looking at it though, we did see that spread kind of back up here today. Went to a high of 18 and a quarter cents today around 12 and three quarters 12 and a half 12 and three quarters cents so that tells me that uh maybe that uh we've kind of got out over our skis here just short term for a minute here and uh we could see a nice little healthy correction in this market maybe run back and check that 870 mark here in this july kansas city we just simply don't have a wheat crop in the southern plains all right again we're joined by kyle bumstead from allendale on today's fontanel final bell program coming up in the second half of the program we turn our attention to the mercantile we'll take a look at cattle and hog futures and how they rounded out the day here today Day as well. Stay tuned. The second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell is coming up on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, joined again by uh, Kyle Bumstead from Allendale. Well, we hit on the grains in the first half. Let's switch over to livestock now. Take a look at what's going on on the mercantile. Uh, green day across the board for the most part. Uh, let's talk about cattle first of all. Live cattle, feeder cattle, both coming out of the weekend uh, with higher numbers on a Monday. Uh, looks pretty good, don't you think? Yeah, it is It is good to see them uh, start the week on a, on a firm tone. That is good. Uh, but, uh, you know, looking at uh, last week's average cash trade, we were a little bit softer. When we look at the, uh, when we look at uh, the numbers that come in there, that 65 to 80% dress came in at 170.94 versus 171.88. So about a dollar less than the previous week. And I wouldn't be surprised if cash this week is steady at best. Uh, just kind of, I think we've put it in a short term high here a few weeks ago, and I don't think we found a summer low just yet. I think that summer low on this live cattle complex 
is likely going to come here towards that uh, August. When August gets into delivery, I think we find a summer low on the cash side of things. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean the future is going to break that hard because if you look at the futures on the on a chart standpoint, we basically carved ourselves in a range here from about that 160, 161 and a half, 162 area in the student contract to about 165 to 165 and a half. So a nice tradable range for speculating. For speculating. And then you look at that August contract, we've got kind of below around that 159 and a high of around 164. So we finished today kind of right in the middle of both of those ranges. So not really telling us to do much here as far as uh, you know buying or selling. But what's a little bit of a concern though, when you look at this complex, uh, tells me we could see you know uh, uh, steady to maybe weaker cash this week. Uh, the June lost about 37 cents to the August, and August lost about 70 cents to the October today. So there was some definite commercial selling out there going on here in this live cattle complex. The feeder cattle complex, uh, what's bothersome there is you're sitting at about a $25 premium. August feeder cattle over the uh, cash index right now. That's a little bit bothersome. That uh, May-August feeder cattle spread is trading into new all-time historical lows. We got out to almost $25 spread there today. Got out to $24.82. And uh, looking at the charts here, um, we haven't traded out that wide ever. I mean, I've gone back 20 years, and we haven't traded out that wide. So it's a little bit concerning here that this uh, August feeder board um, – is maybe getting a little bit overextended. We're within a dollar of contract highs. Not saying we can't, uh, you know, go out and make new contract highs and keep pushing here, but with uh, the volatility, volatility is very cheap right now in this feeder cattle complex and live cattle to a lesser extent. It's very, very cheap. So I wouldn't be a seller of options here. I'd rather be a buyer uh, to protect some downside here on these feeders because once we see this may go off the board, unless we get a you know twenty-five dollar rally here in this feeder cattle complex in uh, what, six, six, seven weeks. That tells me that this August board could be a little bit overvalued. Okay. What are uh, let's pick your brain a little bit more on the thoughts of the cash trade this week? I was just taking a look at last week's numbers. You know, Nebraska moved uh, about seventy-five thousand head, Kansas eighty-three, Texas ninety thousand. That number is down from the week before, but you know, deferred delivery was still twenty-nine or or thirty percent, and and show lists are mixed here this week. All of that, uh, how does that all add uh, all of that add up to the potential for cash trade this week? Well, that's a very good question. I think you are going to see some yards. I, I did talk to some bigger yards uh, in the Southern Plains here on Friday afternoon. I talked to some order buyers uh, that ship cattle all over the Southern Plains, and they're kind of at that precipice right now. They've got to get rid of some cattle before they can take on some more. So I think you're uh, see, still seeing a uh, basis market, a hedger's market right now, and uh, if people can uh, take advantage of a good basis, they're going to do it. Where What I mean by that is if you've got a board trading here at 164, 165 here on the futures, and you're selling cash for 175 to 178, you're probably going to do it because you're uh, you're ahead of the board, so you're taking advantage of that positive basis. Now, uh, I believe it's the third week in May. I think it's the, we we have been trading a seven eight dollar over basis, and that's kind of historical here uh, for the for the first part of May. Now you get towards the, the latter half of May, we trade about a four and a half to five dollar basis. So I do look for that cash to historic because cash does historically slip here just a little bit. Doesn't mean the board's going to slip because the board's kind of already factoring in that we're going to have lower cash coming at us. So I don't know if the board's going to slip that much. Rather stay range bound there, but do look for that cash market to maybe soften up here just a little bit. Let's wrap up and, and talk about the hogs because uh, anytime we have a green day in the hogs, I think it's worth talking about. This does look to me like we are trying to form a bottom here in this hog complex. Uh, you've got the May issue. They're completely off the board, and May can do that to hogs. May hogs are tough to trade uh, a lot of years. Everybody wants to be short the May hogs, and uh, it seems like they get burned. But from a technical standpoint here, we did make new four-day highs. That looks good. We closed into new four-day highs here on the daily chart. We did see some things start to, to uh, you know, maybe put in some bottoming signals here. 
uh, on the daily chart as well. Now, uh, we've got some resistance here coming up at the uh, 20-day moving average. That's going to be around this uh, 8690 area for tomorrow. So I'd like to see us close above that. But then uh, we've got some next, our next upside target, if we can close above that, is going to be up here at uh, basically 92 bucks. And I think it is possible we could see 90-plus dollar summer hogs. But uh, longer term, with this Prop 12 issue that got passed in California, that set a precedent for the entire industry, not just hogs, but I think the entire livestock industry. So I do encourage uh, producers here in the central United States here to take a look at that Prop 12, read it, get familiar with it, because I think that it's going to potentially trickle down here. Um, I know it's not all market-related, but it could become market-related at some point in time, Chad. Kyle Bumstead with Allendale joining us on today's Fontenelle Final Bell program. A reminder, trading of commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss, might not be suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It is brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealer. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting.